so we have the traditional players, we have the new uh, streaming platforms, um, and it's going to be a tug of war. And I think the commissioners are sitting back and will be able to slice up a million different deals that make that much more money. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Abbott, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolster, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. And we're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years, and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Really excited to have Rudy Klein-Thomas joining us. He is founder of the VC firm Mastery Inc., founding partner of the annual Bloomberg Players Tech Summit in San Francisco. I'll be going to that on June 27th. I walked into the room last year. Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Joe Montana, Jalen Brown from the Celtics, Kerry Walsh, Jennings, and then a bunch of tech billionaires. It's a pretty powerful room. But you learn a lot in a day about investing, what the latest trends are. It's really an incredible event. Uh, Rudy works very closely with Golden State Warriors star Andre Iguodala. You'll hear in our conversation today what they're looking for from investment partners. They've also had three success stories, three exits in the last three months. When you're an investor, if you can go three for ten on something, that's pretty good. So the fact they've had three exits in the last three months, very, very good. Rudy's working with a number of pro athletes to help them. Uh, not just, you know, it's not just give me your money and I'll invest it. They want to be invested in these companies themselves now. So uh, fun conversation coming up with Rudy Klein-Thomas. I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, what a crazy last week in the world of sports. Yeah, it's uh, we were talking about before we jumped on. It's just there's so much going on right now, and it's just exciting to be a sports fan. And the uh, NBA Finals keep rolling on, so it's, it's good stuff. So let's cover some topics before we get into the interview with Rudy Klein-Thomas. Let's start with the NBA Finals. Uh, as we record this, last night was Game 5. I'll start with the TV ratings. Kevin Durant returned, so you knew it was going to be big TV ratings, a 13.4 rating. That's fifth best since ABC started doing uh, the playoffs 15 years ago for Game 5. Huge jump. It was the biggest leap ever for ABC and the NBA Finals between a Game 4 and a Game 5. And again, when you add the drama of Kevin Durant returning, you expect that kind of an audience. But... Getting into the Kevin Durant thing, this has so many layers to it. If you remember a few weeks ago on this show, I started and boldly declared Kevin Durant would not play in the NBA Finals. And I know people in his inner circle, and they said he wasn't close to getting back. And they also were advising him to not come back and re-injure himself. You're heading into free agency. You've got big money, potentially $200-plus million at stake. Do not come back and aggravate your injury or tear your Achilles. 
And as we record this, it looks like that's exactly what Kevin Durant did last night. Griggs, if you start with the fact that people can say the Warriors cleared him, the medical staff cleared him, all these different storylines at the end of the day, and I've had this argument with so many people in the last 12 hours since this happened, it is up to the athlete. No one has a gun to Kevin Durant's head saying, get out there on the basketball court. And especially given the fact that the Warriors have been walking on eggshells around Kevin Durant because they want to re-sign him, if he went to them and said, you know what, I'm shutting it down. I'm going Kawhi Leonard from last year. I'm not playing. My body doesn't feel right as badly as I want to be out there. I can't do it, and I'm not going to risk further injury. I'm shutting it down. Do you really think the Warriors would have said, you're a wuss, KD? Or, you know, they would have said, we're not going to re-sign you next year. They would have gone along with what Kevin Durant said. But because KD is an insecure guy, because he hears the social media chatter, because he hears the criticism, I think that's why he got back out there. And if you're looking at it from a business decision, Griggs, this is one of the worst business decisions an athlete has ever made. Because there's no guarantee he comes back 100% from a torn Achilles. If you look at Kobe Bryant, DeMarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, lots of people who have not come back from that injury, they've never been the same. And I just, I can't believe that he risked that. I know there were people in his inner circle saying, KD, shut it down. Do not play. You don't owe anything to anyone. The other thing, Griggs, is that Kevin Durant has a $31.5 million player option that he could pick up with the Warriors for next season. If it is an Achilles, which it looks like it is, he's probably going to be out for a year. So do you pick that player option up, or does a team like the Knicks, as desperate as they are, say, you know what, we'll still sign you to a four-year max deal, take the first year off and recover, and... Then I guess we get you for three years, but we need someone like you so badly that we'll basically pay you for four years when you're only going to play for three. Yeah, I think uh, it's just it is Kevin Durant. He's that good. Where I could see the Knicks, you know, gambling on that because it's Kevin Durant, and I really think he's probably got years still to play because he's just a, he's a freak athlete. He's one of those ones that can get through an injury, I think, even Achilles, and still play basketball. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And and I think your point to the Golden State. Doing the same thing, saying, "Okay, hey, we'll we'll eat it for a year. We'll keep you, assign you to a max deal, and you're here for the rest of your career." So it's it'll be a really interesting summer and off season to see where this where this goes. Here's what I think this all comes down to, and I tweeted this out at SB Radio. You got to trust the medical staff, much like Kawhi didn't trust the medical staff in San Antonio, but he does in Toronto. And then you've got to find a staff that is going to help you not only rehab, but they're going to manage your minutes and your games when you come back. So Kawhi basically played 75% of the season. And he's been great in the playoffs because he's been fresh. And he was on board with, here's how many games I'm going to play. Here's how many minutes I'm going to play. We're not going to go past that threshold. The team isn't going to pressure me like he feels the Spurs were to go over that threshold. KD has to be comfortable with those two things going forward. He has a lot of money. Everyone's going to pay him a lot of money. You have to be comfortable with the medical staff, and you have to be comfortable with how they're going to manage it going forward. And the big question today is, did the Golden State Warriors and the medical staff push him and clear him when they shouldn't have? And that is something that 
we may never know. Who knows? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, with Kawhi, we see how fresh and how amazing he's been in the playoffs. And, you know, having a less season because he didn't play the whole year is, you know, speaks to maybe that's the value of the shorter NBA season we've heard about. Um, because these players can actually show up in the playoffs and, and perform. Right. And if you look at the players like James Harden, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, the players who have high usage rates, like their team, Damian Lillard, they're depending on them so much through the regular season to get them into the playoffs. And in the playoffs, a lot of them run out of gas. Even Kawhi, as great as he's been, you know, and I know his knee's been hurting him, but you can tell he's starting to get tired. We're going into game six. There could be a game seven. He's carried all the load for that team and he's getting tired. And when you have usage rates like that, you have to look at it over the course of the season. Here's how we're going to know, Griggs, about Golden State. If Kevin Durant opts in, or let's say Golden State says, you know what, we feel so bad, we're going to offer you the five-year max deal still, and we understand you'll take the first year off, and he goes back, we'll know that he trusts their medical staff and that he trusts how they'll manage that going forward. If he doesn't go back... He probably doesn't trust the medical staff and how they're going to manage his minutes going forward. If I were him, I would try and get the five years out of Golden State, get the most amount of guaranteed money. I would also factor in heavily that I've got Clay Thompson, I've got Steph Curry, I've got other guys on this team who are going to help share the load. I'm not Kawhi. I'm not James Harden. I don't have to be the one-man show. Like these other teams, if he goes to New York or he goes to some of these other teams, if they don't bring in a star next to him, he's going to have high usage rate. And I, and I think at this point in his career, he's had so many injuries, you don't want high usage rate going forward. Yeah, I think you're right, because if he goes to New York or one of these teams and only it's his show, it is his team, and it's going to be that pressure. Like you mentioned Dame Lillard, where it's like he feels that pressure because he's kind of the only, quote, star on the team. And uh, Durant will have that baggage to carry along with everything else where he's got to carry a team and play hard, ball out every single night, 82 games plus playoffs. So, again, to recap, here are the things I'm looking at if I'm KD. Number one, is anyone going to give me a multi-year guaranteed offer, right? Is Golden State giving me five years and saying I only have to play four? Is New York giving me four years and saying I only have to play three? So money's a big part of this. The other is medical staff. And then usage, and then who else is on the team? Those are the factors I'm looking at if I'm Kevin Durant going forward. You're not a spring chicken. He's had problems with his feet. This is a major injury. These are things he needs to look at. And this is why he should have never been playing in this series. He should have shut it down like Kawhi did last year. And you know what? You gotta have thicker skin. If people come at you, whether it's your teammates, which I don't think was the case, or People on social media, you know what? You're Kevin Durant. You've won two finals MVPs. You've been the MVP of the league. Have thick skin. You've done it all. What do you have to prove to anyone? So all these people like, oh, he was a warrior. and You know what? He was, but he wasn't smart. This was not a good long-term play for him. This was not a good business decision for him. And again, if he has to opt into that $31 million next year, he has cost himself Potentially $150, $200 million. 
You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to stadiums and arenas, every sports pro knows wireless wins. And when it comes to the best wireless technology for your venue, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., providing state-of-the-art Wi-Fi and cellular services that power amazing fan experiences. And Boingo makes keeping your stadium connected easy today and in the future. Thinking about 5G? Boingo's expert team helps you carry the ball through a complex technology landscape to deliver wireless solutions that will delight fans and deepen loyalty season after season. Here's another kicker. Boingo is simply the best connected experience for your business. With Boingo, stadiums and arenas enjoy unique operating efficiencies, revenue opportunities, and digital insights into their fan base. That's a win-win. Boingo works with major league sports venues like Soldier Field, Vivint Smart Home Arena, State Farm Arena, and University Stadiums like University of Louisville and K-State. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports. If you would like more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Other news this week, Griggs. Anthony Davis, it now looks like he is going to be on the move. This could happen quickly. Uh, Woj and other people are reporting this. If you look at this, teams want to make this trade before the draft. The draft is June 20th. If a team is trading for draft picks, they want to own those draft picks before the draft so they can make their own picks instead of, oh, I'll just go with whoever New Orleans takes or whoever, you know, the Knicks or the Lakers or whoever. But the two preferred destinations, according to many reports, are the Lakers and the Knicks. If I'm the Knicks and KD is now hurt, I'm going in even harder now for Anthony Davis. And instead of KD, I'm now planning a rebuild around Anthony Davis. I need a star in New York, and it's probably not Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, from everyone I've talked to, is going to Brooklyn. So... You got to go all in on AD. I know the Lakers are aggressively pursuing AD as well. That will be interesting to watch. Tony Parker, legend of the NBA, part of that Spurs dynasty. He retired this week after 18 seasons in the NBA. What do you remember the most about uh, Tony Parker? Tony is such, he's one of those guys like a Steve Nash. Like he just doesn't age. Right. He looks the same. He plays the same every year. And uh, again, another perfect example of the great system that Pop has. I mean, that guy always seemed rested, always seemed ready to go. Um, I just love, the thing I love to remember about him is that guy can dribble around the key and get anywhere he needs to get. Kind of yeah. Steph Curry-like. and just Or Nash. Or Nash. Anywhere they want on the floor, he can get there and get a shot. Yeah, it's and, almost like a crazy. soccer player or a hockey player where they, like, go behind the goal or <laughs> yeah, they, like, yeah. it's he, he would. He, he would do that. And then he was one of those guys that in the playoffs he played better in the playoffs than the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Kawhi is one of those guys. I think LeBron is one of those guys. Kevin Durant has been one of those guys. But when you have a guy who raises his game in the playoffs, yeah. that's a good guy to have on your team. And he was really the quarterback of that team, you know, with Durant and Ginobili and uh fun to watch. He came into the league when he was 17. He was taken with the 28th pick. No one had heard of him. No one had heard of Ginobili. Yeah. <laughs> and look at the dynasty the Spurs built with those two guys who they got at the end of the first round. Pretty amazing. And by the way, Kawhi was taken, you know, middle of the draft too, and is one of the rare guys that has turned into 
you know, a top three or four player in the league that wasn't a number one or two draft pick. So the Spurs had quite the eye for talent uh, in those years. Here's the craziest story I've seen in a long time. David Ortiz in the Dominican Republic. He's in a restaurant slash club. Someone walks up behind him at pretty much point blank and they shoot him. Now, I don't want to sound insensitive here, but David Ortiz is so lucky to be alive because this guy was two feet away from him, could have just shot him in the head and killed him. Thank God he didn't. And he shot him and, you know, David Ortiz is going to survive. And he was over in the Dominican. The Boston Red Sox sent a plane to pick him up. But one of the crazy things was, and this is the, the world we live in today where everything is on the record, an hour after this takes place, security video in the restaurant is on social media, and you actually see the shooting taking place. So at first you hear, oh, he was shot in the leg, and this and this, and then you're like, no, wait, this is more serious. And then you see the video and you go, this was a hit. This wasn't, you know, someone just randomly opening fire in a restaurant. This was a hit, Griggs. This is crazy. I mean, I'm not going to the Dominican. (laughs) And if you're him, you're lucky to be alive and... I think all athletes will look at this. I've always talked on this show about how things are copycat. If a strategy works for a team, everyone's going to ramp up their security detail now. I guarantee you athletes are looking at their inner circle and they're saying, ramp up my security, especially if you're a superstar like a David Ortiz or a LeBron or someone like that. If you're in a restaurant and someone just walks up behind you and can do that, that can't happen. Yeah, too easy. And uh, there's a lot of aspects of this, too. Like you said, it's just, first of all, it's on social media instantly, pretty much. Right. Which, I mean, I, I and guess... And it's on the other side of the world. Yeah. It's not like it's in Boston. <laughs> exactly. Which I guess is probably good for police and figuring out who this guy is and all this stuff. But, you know, I, I mean, it, it's amazing that he's alive and thankfully he's alive. But uh, and, and a cool move by Boston, I think, to Such a great send the plane and get him back over to the U.S. and get the, the treatment he needs, you know, immediately. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, wow, it, it was a scary moment. That video is, is crazy. And how easy it is. He just walks in and pops them. I mean, it's it's the, the word I will use. It's chilling video. Yeah. B- because when you see that guy walk up right behind him with the gun and Ortiz's back is turned to him and has no idea what's going on, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, it, it could be over that quickly. And yeah. it, it's crazy. Everything that unfolded after that, the stories on social media, some which were inaccurate, then accurate information comes in. Then, you know, we learn he's in the hospital and then, hey, the Red Sox are sending the plane to pick him up and he's now back in Boston and receiving great medical care. And then the outpouring from not only people in Boston like the Tom Brady's and Isaiah Thomas's of the world who used to play there, but all the baseball players like Big Poppy is a beloved figure And, like, the saddest thing was they said when he was going into surgery, like, I'm a good man, don't let me die. And you (laughs) think about, like, here's this big guy, never sees, never been afraid of a big moment, always a clutch guy. And in that moment, you're fearing for your life. And that's another chilling aspect of this, as big as Big Poppy is, like, everyone's vulnerable. And, and that was really, really scary. So I'm glad that Big Poppy, is going to be okay. Uh, NHL Stanley Cup, quickly, Game 7, Griggs. Everyone loves a Game 7. I don't care what sport it is. Bruins, Blues, that's been a great series. Boston just went into St. Louis and trounced them. Two open net goals at the end, but 5-1 to one 
in a game six on the road. That's a statement. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a hockey guy. I love the Stanley Cup Finals, and I think it seems like it always ends up in Game Seven. There's so much parity in Stanley Cup. I mean, home and away wins. I mean, it just—it's never predictable. Like you always get the road team winning on the road, you get the home team winning on the road, and it makes it exciting. And I tell you, the hockey fan is so intelligent. They love their sport, and they're so passionate about it. It's just—I love just watching the scene with the flags ready. And yeah. they, they know the game. They know when there's a penalty. They know what's going on. It's just—it's a fun atmosphere to watch when they are in those Stanley Cup Finals. Well, and that's a good point because those are two really long-time loyal fan bases, the Bruins fan base and the Blues. Hockey has been in those cities for a long time, and uh, they really know their hockey. So Game Seven is going to be fun to watch. I know I'll be watching it. Um, Rafael Nadal, I tweeted this out. Is there a better bet in sports for an individual or a team than Rafael Nadal on clay? He wins his 12th French Open, 18th major, Griggs, he's 94-2 in two in his career <laughs> crazy. on clay. He's never lost in the semifinals or the finals at the French Open. That is just ridiculous. Incredible. He is so fun to watch on clay, too. He, something about how he plays, he knows how his body reacts to the clay and the feet and the sliding yeah. better than anybody. He just yeah. he knows how to do that slide across that back line and just hit it right in, in stride. And he's so fun to watch in that French Open because you just know he's he's like Tiger Woods in his element. It's like he's going to win this somehow, and sure enough, 94-2. and two. Well, but Tiger's <laughs> never gone 94-2 no, no, in a tournament. No. I mean, that's just... It's just ridiculous. And the match between him and Federer in the semis, yeah, where great. it looked like they were on Mars because the wind was blowing the clay up, and it looked like they were like playing a tennis match on Mars on the red surface, it was crazy. And it shows like the elements that can come into Roland Garros. Not only are you playing on clay, but when the wind kicks up yeah. and you've got that clay flying in your <laughs> face, he knows how to navigate that better than anyone. It's like he was born on clay or something. Yeah, it's crazy. And you're right, the wind, that, that, the weather this year was really weird with the, the storms coming in real yeah. quick and the wind and the rain, then we're delayed, not delayed. So kind of hard probably on the players being off and on the court and delaying the match to the next day and all that stuff. I know Djokovic, Djokovic got, Djokovic? I always say his name wrong. Uh, he got kind of messed up, I think, when they, when they ended that match halfway through it because of the weather. So it's always fun to watch the French. I love it. So here's a suggestion for the fine people at Roland Garros. Number one. Rafael Nadal was the number two seed in this event, and he's 94 and 2 on clay. If he ever plays in the French Open again, and he's seeded anything other than number one, you should have your head examined. Number two, you might even consider not having a men's draw anymore if Rafael Nadal is entered. <laughs> Just play the women's side of the draw and give Nadal the trophy up front and save everyone the hassle. He's 94 and 2 on clay. It's automatic. So, I I laughed when I saw like wait a minute, Nadal isn't ranked number one in the French <laughs> Open. Are you, did God come down and decide to play in the tournament and you ranked him number one? Oh no, it's Djokovic who God bless him, great player, but no one should ever be seated number one at the French in front of yeah. Rafael Nadal. Let's end that now. <laughs> yeah, totally, I totally agree with that. And uh, yeah, that, that was kind of weird. I noticed that too. I'm like, how is he not number one? Uh, this is his his department here. Crazy. Yeah. And the last thing, I know you and I are both watching this, uh, Women's World Cup underway in France. You know, we obviously root for Team USA, um, but it's fun watching all the games and, or all the matches, not the games, the matches. And, uh, you know, I have a daughter and she plays soccer, so I'm probably even more into it. And I've said this a million times on the show. I can name many more women's soccer players, especially on the U.S. team than I can on the men's team. And, 
you know, that front line this year for the U.S. of Alex Morgan, Tobin Heath, and Megan Rapino in their prime and healthy, boy, I am looking forward to watching them do their thing. And, I mean, I know they're one of the favorites, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch those games. Fox is already getting uh, good ratings, you know, here in the first week. And I think people are going to become more and more interested as the tournament goes on. Yeah, World Cup is always good, men and women. But especially, like you said, the women are fun to watch because I think they really they really play together well as a team. The passing in women's soccer is, is phenomenal. I love watching how they get the ball around to get those good shots. And uh, it's just fun. Every team, they're just they're solid teams. Even the ones that aren't seated as high still play good soccer. It's Every match seems to be entertaining and fun. All right, coming up next... Rudy Klein-Thomas, the founder of the VC firm Mastery. He works closely with Andre Iguodala. He works with a number of athletes on helping them invest their money and become equity partners in companies. He is a mastermind when it comes to identifying the right investments. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. One word you wouldn't typically associate with a dress shirt is comfort. However, the folks over at Mizzen in Maine are changing this. Their shirts are incredibly comfortable. Mizzen in Maine makes dress shirts for men that fixes everything that's ever been wrong with shirts for so long. Their shirts breathe, stretch, and wick away moisture. It's like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for travel. They've taken the hassle out of looking great through wrinkle resistance and the ability to wash your shirts at home. No more last-minute ironing. No more after-work trips to the dry cleaner. It's a shirt that's worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head over to MizzenInMaine.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenInMaine.com, code SBR. I can tell you one thing. I'll be wearing Mizzen in Maine dress shirts at all future sports business radio road shows and sports PR summit events. I can't wait. Joining us now on the Blinder guest line is Rudy Klein Thomas. Blinder is the way high performance teams connect their talent with the media and fans. It lets communications managers provide unprecedented access to their athletes, entertainers, and executives while respecting everyone's privacy and time. Blinder makes phone calls magic. Request a demo today at blinderhq.com backslash sbradio. My guest is Rudy Klein-Thomas. He is the founder of the VC firm Mastery Inc. He is the founding partner of the annual Bloomberg Players Tech Summit in San Francisco. He is the investment partner of Golden State Warrior star Andre Iguodala. Rudy, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? Good, and yourself? I'm doing great. Always great to catch up with you. Uh, I got to start by asking, I mean, you work with Andre Iguodala, Game 5 last night. Where were you watching it, and what a game, huh? Oh, it's a, it was a hell of a game. Um, where was I watching it? I was watching it in um, Washington, D.C. with my father. Yeah, I mean, isn't it amazing that during this run, and you've watched it as close as anyone because of your, your partnership with uh, Andre Iguodala, but... They're just so resilient. No matter what happens to them, I never feel like they're out of a game. Even with three minutes left, they're down by six. A lot of teams would have said, well, that's it. And these guys make three threes and that last defensive stand, like they're just so resilient. Yeah, well, you know, you, you can never um, doubt the heart of a, a champion. So we all know that they've been there before. Um, and again, they've been through that, you know, they've been in that situation. You can't say the same thing for the Toronto T 
team. I think they have two guys that have been in that situation with Danny Green and, and Kawhi. Uh, but again, they've they've done it every single year. They've been in you know Western Conference Finals for a couple of years. They've been in this situation. So again, um, it, f- it feels like second nature to them. And for some reason, I think uh, they they like the uh, the tension and, and the moment. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, during the playoffs, how often do you talk to Andre, or do you kind of just? Leave him alone to do his thing, and then when playoffs are done, you guys get down to business. Um, good question. Um, I definitely communicate with him on on a daily basis. Um, he's um, not so much about basketball. I mean, when you when you play the game for as long as he has, um, you don't have to tell him what to do in reference to what he needs to do on the basketball court. That's not my job, you know. So. Um, pretty much keep it light we have a personal relationship so of course i speak to him every day and if he wants to bring up anything in reference to basketball then we talk about it but otherwise i'm not telling him you know how to drill the ball how to put in the basket or definitely not how to defend <laughs> he's got a new book uh coming out i got an advanced copy of it and i've been reading it it's really good uh you know you look tell at me what you like about it why don't you share what you like about it i just i just think he's such a smart guy and the other thing is, I mean, he, he's Benjamin Button. He's kept himself in such great shape for all these years. He looks the same now as he did 10 years ago. So I guess sure the two does. biggest things would be he's smart and he's looked at life after basketball and he's planned for that. And then he realizes that his body is his, you know, the way he makes his living. And he has done a great job of keeping himself in peak condition uh, during his playing career. Yeah, I think that um, I think a lot of it is genetics as well. Too. Genetically, he's, he's a genetic freak, um, uh, and he loves to, you know, he loves the discipline of of taking care of his body, whether it's working out and or what he's putting in his body as well too. So he's always tweaking it and playing with it. I think uh, another guy that I know pretty well that was really great at doing that, who who also stood the test of time, was Ray Allen. You know, Ray Allen yeah. really really focused on his diet and his workouts and you know he had a military background so you know that was somewhat of his nature and Andre kind of shares that vision you can't really take him off his schedule and or his discipline at any time he's he's an extremely disciplined person one of the things you and Andre work on together you are the founding partner of the annual Bloomberg Players Tech Summit in San Francisco I have the pleasure of attending again this year June 27th that's coming up uh, give us a little preview. I know there's some surprises that you probably don't want to give away, but give us a little preview of what that day is going to look like. It was a great event to be at last year. No, I appreciate that, Ryan. I'm, I'm glad you, you took part in it and uh, looking forward to seeing you again this year. But um, as you know, um, we want to try to put together um, a day where it's focused on the athletes, you know, of all the sports um, in the United States um, and we want to curate a day in which they can collaborate in, in all their business interests, more specifically tech, you know. So we try to curate a day with, with topics that they're interested in and they showed interest in and topics of the moment um, uh, in reference to tech and, and business and what they're looking at, what they're experiencing as well, too. When we do a full day, we have a, a bunch of different panel discussions and there's a lot of networking that goes involved that's involved as well. Yeah, I just love you walk in the room, and first of all, it's an intimate room. So I do Sports PR Summit. We have 125 people at that event. I'd say you have about the same number. So I love that it's not an overwhelming room that you walk into. 
You can really walk up to anyone that's in the room. It's elite athletes. Uh, last year, Kevin Durant, obviously Andre, Joe Montana, Jalen Brown, Kerry Walsh, Jennings. And then you've got some amazing business minds in the room as well. And I just love that blend of people. And, you know, I learned a lot when I was at the event last year. Well, hopefully you learn more. You know, it's a hard thing to, to keep it fresh and keep it in, innovating. But um, I've gotten a lot of feedback from so many different guys all all across sports um, in essence of, of what they're interested in and what they're thinking about and what they're doing. And I try to take that feedback and creating a great day uh, with my partners at Bloomberg as well, too, and bringing in the top minds in those different um, segments as well, too, to, to kind of express and tell us what's going on. So what are you hearing from the athletes about what they're interested in currently? Good question. First and foremost, um, uh, everyone's, you know, making their own content now or interested in content. You know, that's, uh, that's the way of the world now. I think, you know, LeBron started the wave. You have Kevin in it as well, too. And, and now you have um, these different platforms that are allowing guys to express themselves and do different things. You have overtime. Um, obviously, you have... Um, uh, the Players' Tribune um, as well, too. And obviously there's YouTube that's always been there. Um, guys, different YouTube channels. So um, that that's one thing. Um, guys are always interested in investing. You know, uh, there's a bunch of guys that were in Beyond Meat. Uh, they were very aggressive in getting athletes involved, and obviously it just went public. Um, it's doing tremendously well um, in the open market. So um, I think, you know, again, that'll give guys more motivation um, and more confidence to, to do more uh, investing in these companies as well, too. So I'd say those are the first two. You know, we have artificial intelligence. Um, there's a lot of learning that needs to, to happen there. Um, and then uh, and then there's sports betting as well. You know, sports betting is going to affect them and their careers moving forward. I think uh, it'll be a boon in reference to just how much they're getting compensated and the valuations of these teams as well, too. And that's something that we'll definitely be speaking about. I was on stage last month with uh, David Stern at Sports PR Summit, and he said the three big things that are coming, eSports, sports gambling, and cannabis. Those are the three things he said. And, you know, he was commissioner for 30 years. So when he says something, it's kind of like the commercial, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everyone listens, if you remember that commercial. And (laughs) so when David Stern speaks, everyone listens. I really took note of what he said, and it wasn't shocking, like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea these things were coming. But to hear someone with his credibility say that these are the big things that are coming and for him to say, you know, cannabis is going to be as big as sports gambling, that was interesting to me. I know that you're involved mainly in tech, but... You know, I'm assuming that you guys are looking at the whole landscape as well. And, uh, you know, I know what you just said with sports gambling, that is going to affect the leagues and there's going to be so much money involved in that. Yeah, um, I invest a lot with David. Uh, I know we, we both don't speak about that, but we're extremely close and uh, we talk about different investments, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, and I agree completely with him um, as to just what um, – you know what's the next big thing is uh, I've made a couple of marijuana investments, esports, um, uh, and um, uh, what was the third one that he said? Sports gambling. Uh, sports gambling and sports gambling as well too. I'm about to make another sports gambling investment, but uh, we we both look at the same things all the time. And you know, well, one of the investments that uh, I missed that he made, um, and. Uh, I was I could have been way ahead of him. This was overtime again. It was the content as well too, which I think is is huge um, that he didn't he didn't talk about uh, at your conference. But again, it's another one that I think is really really important. 
You know what's interesting, Rudy, is if you go back, I don't know, five years, not that long ago, sports gambling and cannabis, very taboo topics. The league shied away from talking about them. Now, NHL and their collective bargaining agreement, they have, you know, cannabis, you can use cannabis to rest and recover. Uh, other leagues may have moved to that. We're moving away from the taboo nature of sports gambling and cannabis, and I think that's going to open up a lot of investment opportunities. Would you agree? Yeah. You know, Dave, what David understands is is no different from the government. And, you know, you know the government, uh, you know, different legislations from, from state to state legalizing marijuana, is, it's because of the money that the government, um, the different municipalities need and or they figure out that they can make from legalizing um, the drug. So um, I think that he understands as well, too, um, the, the amount of money that, that can come from uh, for, for the specific leads from from legalizing marijuana. Um, and then also, you know, you have esports as well, too, and sports gambling. But at the end of the day, we always say follow the money. Right. And, uh, you know, when you understand that the owners need to make more money um, and they want to increase the valuations of these teams. And uh, essentially, I'd say, you know, these commissioners are generally working for the owners. You understand where the motivations are in reference to pushing these uh, agendas forward. One of my favorite things to receive every week is your Players Tech Summit email. There's some juicy, juicy nuggets in there. And uh, a few weeks ago, you did something that I thought was really interesting about the whole streaming and how that is going to impact franchise values in the NBA. I totally agree with you, and I don't think the common fan right now can comprehend how big of an impact that's going to be. But try and explain a little bit how all of that revenue that's coming in is going to increase the value of a team like the New York Knicks. I think that was the team that you focused on in your email. Yeah, um, I think my general thesis is that we, uh, we're we going to see the lid um, open up significantly uh, once these league rights open up. Um, I think we have more bidders. Um, and the bidders that are coming into the foray, as everybody knows, um, have more cash than ever. Um, so we have the traditional players. We have the new uh, streaming platforms. Um, and it's going to be a tug of war. And I think the commissioners are sitting back and will be able to slice up a million different deals that make that much more money in offering different types of deals now, um, different content deals to these different partners um, in different capacities as well, too. So, you know, you have a, a platform like Twitter, you have another platform uh, like an Amazon, and you have your traditional uh, media entities, you know, CBS, ABC, Fox, NBC, um, and all of them will have their share of, uh, of sports rights. It'll just all look much different. It'll be a, a colossal boon for, for the leagues, the players, and the owners as well. You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Rudy Klein-Thomas. We'll be right back after this. I know many of our sports business radio listeners and my friends with pro sports teams fly by private or charter plane. So let me offer you this scattering report that will save you time and money. When flying into or out of New York City, there can often be long delays. That's why you want to fly into the brand new, pristine Republic Jet Center located in Farmingdale, New York. That's just 30 minutes outside of New York City, making it the airport with the fastest time into Manhattan. Don't get caught up in delays flying into Teterboro or White Plains. Choose Republic Jet Center and you'll experience all the reasons why you chose to fly privately. 
Republic Jet Center is a full-service, signature-select FBO that delivers an unparalleled level of customer service and safety to the private and charter jet industry. Enjoy Republic Jet Center's luxurious lobby and contemporary lounge in their new 100,000-square-foot facility. The concierge staff will gladly assist you with making any reservations you need while you're in New York City, from ground transportation arrangements, dining reservations, or even helping you with chartering a helicopter flight to Manhattan or the Hamptons. That'd be nice. Their comprehensive white glove FBO service and premier affiliations are compelling reasons why aircraft owners and operators benefit from selecting Republic Jet Center. Whenever I fly private in or out of New York City for the Sports PR Summit or the Sports Business Radio Roadshow, I now have a terrific new option, Republic Jet Center. For more information, visit RepublicJetCenter.com or call them at 631-881-9520. Follow them on Twitter at Republic Jet Center, and that's CTR for Center, or on Instagram at Republic Jet Center. Republic Jet Center, the official private airport partner of Sports Business Radio and the Sports PR Summit. Now back to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Rudy Klein Thomas. People who listen to this show know this, but in the last year, I've gone full streaming. And, you know, no more cable, no more satellite TV. It's, it's full streaming and it's been an interesting experience and, and frankly, a lot more cost effective. And it's allowed me to kind of, uh, pick and choose what I want to watch. And, right. you know, instead of having 800 channels, 700 of which I don't watch or maybe 750 <laughs> of which I don't watch. But I just think, you know, if I look at someone like my daughter who's 14, She's not watching TV. She's streaming and she's watching YouTube and, and that's how she's consuming. So if you look at the future consumers, you have to look at their trends and what they're consuming and how they're consuming. And it's not broadcast TV. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I, your daughter doesn't well, know broadcast TV. My kids won't know what broadcast TV is, was, well, won't have a clue, you know, so um and that's what makes sports so interesting as well too because it draws those individuals that actually want to watch it to these platforms right so the demand's already in place so people are willing to play for that embedded demand versus you know coming up with a great tv show or a great um you know new idea that'll draw the eyeballs and get the sub fees so I know part of investing is, you know, you're, you're trying to get hits, right? Uh, I think when I had Andre on last year, he talked about if you can go three for 10 with an investment, it's like being a baseball player. You're batting 300. Like that's really good. You've had three recent exits in the last three months. Tell us about those. Yeah, we had PagerDuty, Zoom, and Jumia over the last three months. Um, so it's been a great year. Um, have a couple more slated um, for the rest of the year. So um, it'll get our average up tremendously, and, and hopefully we can keep this run going. You know, it's not supposed to be this. It's not supposed to be like this. Um, but, again, hopefully we can buck the trend, you know. Um, you know, what's interesting and fun is, you know, when we started, everybody just wanted to throw sports investments and, you know, uh, things that are attributed to, to athletes specifically and, as we've been able to learn and broaden our reach. Um, and also, you know, again, you know, I, I invest with a ton of different players out there. It's not just Andre now. Um, but, you know, being able to educate them as well, too, and increase the deal flow 
the opportunities have been, you know, tremendous. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll see a lot more exits moving forward. But we're definitely batting higher than, you know, the one out of 10 percent. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to to a lot more of these companies exiting in the next, you know, uh, six to 12 months. I know Andre's pretty focused and knows what he wants, but when other athletes come to you and they say, all right, I want to invest and, you know, I want to be part of uh, your your VC firm and be a venture capitalist, how do you walk them through that process so they kind of know, like, here's what I'm getting myself into? Do they expect to go eight for 10 or do you have to educate them that, hey, if you go two for 10 or three for 10, that's pretty good? No, I think what I love is I really, really love using it as the essence of building the relationship. So, you know, everybody has different interests and, you know, the the interest in tech kind of just leads to the broader conversation, the essence of business, and then the responsibility of them, you know, being able to make the the money that they're making and and what choices that they're making and doing so as well, too, because it's not just about, you know, throwing money at an investment. It's, you know, making sure that, you know, you you really have a, a clear understanding of your money you know you saved it correctly as well too and you understand the proposition of you know possibly losing all this money as well you know so it's almost like you know making sure that that your house is clean before you walk out of it and uh those conversations and building those relationships really have have been great for me and and great for the guys as well too and you know what you realize too is more and more guys are, are very very much interested in, in having this platform uh, that we've had that we've created to allow the guys to feel comfortable to, to ask questions to be interested in something other than the sport that they're playing and realizing that most of them do have these interests has been you know really really fulfilling um, it's been fun again to build these relationships and then moving forward with the cohort of all these guys investing with you as well too has been um, has been very interesting for me personally. For our audience, uh, I know when I had you on last year, you talked about the founder being, you know, an integral part of if you're going to invest in a company, it has to be a passionate founder and, and you look at the qualities and traits of the founder. But give me three other traits that you're looking for when you invest in a company. Well, I try to look at a product and market fit. So how big is the market and how um, how well is this founder and or product addressing the, the issue? Um, so that's probably number one. Um, two is um, the grit of the founder. So nine times out of ten, you know, the essence is not how great a product is. is knowing that, you know, you're going to have a problem or you're going to hit a roadblock is how much grit um, – does that founder have to to answer these problems and and surround themselves with the people that can that can help them you know uh, kind of get over these different issues that they're going to come up with? And I think the last thing is um, just what kind of people these founders are as well too. Um, when you're a founder, you're, you're not just focused on building a company. You have to attract talent as well too, um, and have to be easy to work with. So. What kind of individual is this person and how, how how are they to work with and understanding that, you know, it's not just them and their ideas, it's just being able to um, surround themselves with, with great people and build an organization as well. Are there any companies where you and Andre or any of the other athletes you've worked with where you've just said, you know what, I like that company. I'm going to cold call them and get a meeting with them and, and see if they're taking investment. Uh, have you admired a company from afar and become an investor, or is it more complex than that sometimes? Yeah, Ryan, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really take too many calls. I mean, you know, 
going out and figuring it out is the job. You know, I, I generally don't invest in the companies that reach out. Um, most of the companies that I invest in are companies that I actually, you know, that I source, you know, and, and we focused on, and you see exactly the scale and, and you see exactly what, what they're doing and, you know, reaching out to the founders and or, you know, um, trying to figure out how to best how best to get in or develop the relationship. But yeah, nine times out of 10, um, it's, it's, you know, being able to, is recruiting, you know, recruiting the founder and or the company. Yeah. Not the inbound, not vice versa. We talked earlier about Players Tech Summit. I'll go back to that for a minute. I know one of the things that challenges me every year with Sports PR Summit, like you said earlier, is finding fresh topics. What are the new trends and, I guess, new topics that you've seen? Like, if you go from last year's Players Tech Summit to this year's Players Tech Summit, other than, you know, we talked about esports, sports gambling, and cannabis, what are some trends that you're seeing from last year's event to this year's event? Um, I think these athletes, those brands are different. So everyone always talks about this word name, you know, called brand. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very much cliche. It has so many different connotations or, or meanings. Um, the essence of brand to me is the focus on data. The fact that we have so many different vehicles to where we can, we can analyze data, whether you're trying to sell something, whether you have social media, you name it, right? So these individuals and, and these athletes are brands and or companies into themselves if they understand exactly their reach and the components of being able to um, monetize that reach, right? And you can do it in so many different ways. Um, but you have to understand what the mechanisms are on the back end, you know? So that that's really what I'm really trying to teach guys now. And um it's been an interesting conversation with with a bunch of the all-stars that I have relationships with that have huge followings and understand their reach. And, and, you know, just even Steph. Steph understands it now and is taking really, you know, a hands-on approach and building his business differently. Um, and I think that, that hopefully that reverberates to a lot of the other guys too and we can teach that. But, you know, the power that these athletes have and individuals have in being directly connected to you know, whether an audience is, is much different, you know, than it was back in the days. And there's so many, um, there's so many different platforms that allow us to track it, um, to own it as well too. And, and then, you know, foremost monetize it. It's really interesting. I had uh, Brian Windhorst on from ESPN a few weeks ago, and he has a new book out about LeBron and we drilled down on some things and the fast food deal we drilled down on was LeBron, uh, gave up three or four million dollars a year from working with McDonald's and he took an equity stake in Blaze Pizza and he's not doing TV commercials or anything like that. He's promoting them solely on his social media platforms. And it was just so interesting because it used to be back in the day, like Michael Jordan did the McDonald's commercials on TV. And so you're so right, you know, with these platforms that the athletes have now especially their social media or their YouTube channels or their podcasts or whatever they're doing, that's a great way for them to promote their new investments or partnerships, and it's a change model. Yeah, extremely change model. Um, it's a change model, but you see exactly what's happening, the shift um, and the power of the athlete now. Um, it's funny that you say that in essence of the podcast. I love what J.J. Reddick's doing. Yep. Um 
that, you know, different voices. If you see what DeMarcus did with, you know, um, charting his comeback with Showtime. I don't know. Did you see that show, Brian? I saw a little bit of it. I think I saw a trailer. I didn't see it. But we had Darius Miles and uh, Quentin Richardson from the Knuckleheads yeah. on stage at yeah. Sports PR Summit. So, yeah, exactly. we're seeing it firsthand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, they have, you know, they have a voice. They're doing this, you know, you can do whatever you want, whatever you have an interest in. It's, you know, just building a business. There is a business behind your personal interest, you know, especially being a professional athlete. It's just really, it's just really getting into it, you know, so, and then surrounding yourself with the people that can help you, you know, execute as well, too, which is a whole different proposition. So I know you have to go soon. Uh, last question for you. You know, Andre, he's in the twilight of his career. I don't think that's a secret to anyone. He seems like he's done such a good job with you planning for post-career. I think he's going to be as successful post-career as he was during his playing career. But do you start having more conversations about what that's going to look like? Or is it, hey, when it happens, we'll deal with it then? Um, I think he's well on his way to, I mean, he has so many different options He's going to be the one he's, you know, he, he knows he'll have an idea of exactly what he wants to do when he wants to do it. The, I think the biggest thing is that he has options. You know, um, I'm not very I'm not hands on as to, you know, his off his off field interest and stuff, just because everything's pretty much laid out in front of him, you know, already right now. So, you know, which direction and which way he wants to walk into, you know, is uh will be his decision. I mean, you know, right now he's playing for a championship, so there's no idea or thought about that. You know, they're still the best team in the league until until um, proven otherwise. So he's very, very much a basketball player now. Obviously he has different interests, but when that time happens and stuff like that, he'll have more opportunities than than any athlete that we've seen in a very long time. Well, Rudy, I always enjoy our catch-ups. I can't wait to see you in person in a few weeks at the – annual Bloomberg Players Tech Summit. You do such a great job producing that event, and uh, I look forward to being there. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you soon. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. The Sports Business Radio podcast is brought to you by Blinder. Blinder is what savvy PR managers use in the bedroom or in their car, sometimes on the kitchen table, and especially in the office. Blinder is phone call magic. It lets you connect your media and fans directly to your athletes, coaches, and executives' personal phones without sharing anyone's private information. And you can record or join any call with the click of a button. Remotely control your team's phone interviews, set start and finish times, monitor online or with the Blinder mobile app, and listen to a recording of the call at any time for your complete peace of mind. With Blinder, you're finally in control. The system works globally from any phone line. Scheduling a call takes seconds. Customizable push-button notifications ensure a connection, and no one needs to download anything to make or receive a call. Learn how to start your free trial by visiting blinderhq.com backslash sbradio. Now we're talking. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. I want to welcome ZipRecruiter to our family of sponsors. Again, really happy to have them on board. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash SBR. That's ziprecruiter.com slash SBR. Happy to have them on board.
And we want to remind you all the great places you can get the Sports Business Radio podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find Sports Business Radio. So download us for on-demand listening. Subscribe, rate, and review us as well. We always appreciate the reviews. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.